welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis 1.28 to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and the benefit of our neighbors. I am David Arley Gates, and our topic today is part one of a discussion of the United States electric grid. The United States electric grid seems to be a complicated concept, but it really doesn't have to be. I found in my travels and presentations that many people think the grid is like a pot of energy in which energy is placed by the producers and removed by consumers. As long as the pot of energy doesn't run empty, our lights stay on. We just need to produce enough energy to stay ahead of the demand and keep a reserve of energy in the grid that will tie us over when the demand exceeds the supply. Well, the fact of the matter is that the grid simply does not work that way. What you really need to know is that there are three players. Electricity generators, the electric utility, and the transmission network. Some entities accomplish all three roles, but in some parts of the country, separate groups manage each component. Electricity generators are just what the name implies. They make electrons, or more correctly, they create the flow of electrons that we call energy. They can be nuclear-based, fossil fuel-based, wind, solar, hydroelectric, biofuels, geothermal, or based on just about any other source of energy you can think of. They are on the supply side of the equation. Electric utilities manage the demand side. They figure out who needs electrons, how many of them they need, and then they move them to your door, and hopefully there are enough of them to keep your lights on and your computer running. These utilities are responsible for the local infrastructure to get the electrons to you. Poles, wires, transformers, they are all owned and maintained by the electric utilities. So how do the suppliers know where to send the electrons to meet the demand? That is the responsibility of the transmission network. In some areas, the electric utility manages the transmission network as well. But in other parts of the country, many electric utilities have joined together to optimize the passage of energy from the electricity generators to the electric utilities, both in terms of cost and efficiency. It is a classic economy of scale problem where multiple utilities can provide energy more cheaply if they work together on energy scheduling than if they worked independently. The transmission network does not create energy. It simply manages the arrival and departure of electrons across the region. Like a train rail line operator, the transmission network moves the supply to meet the demand in an efficient manner. It also coordinates payments to the energy generators for the electrons they provide and determines the cost to the electric utilities for the electrons they use. If we use a railroad analogy to describe the grid, electricity generators fill the train cars with electrons, electric utilities determine the demand for electrons from its subscribers, and maintain the local network to supply its subscribers, and the transmission network efficiently and cost-effectively coordinates the movement of the electrons from the electricity generators to the electric utilities. Although some entities are self-contained, that is, they fulfill the role of electricity generator, the transmission network, and the electric utility, the combination of these three players working together coordinate how electricity gets from the supplier to the user. 
It must be noted that the grid is not a battery where electrons are stored and dispatched as needed. This is the most common misperception about energy, so let me say it again. The grid is not a battery. Supply of and demand for energy occur almost instantaneously, such that the generation of electricity is a just-in-time process. Or to put it another way, it is a use-it-or-lose-it proposition. I once worked on a project with Duke Power, now Duke Energy, in North and South Carolina to optimize their hydropower production. Duke Energy is an electricity generator and an electric utility, as well as running its own transmission network. Thus, it is a self-contained entity. I learned that when Duke Energy generates electricity, it can do only four things with it. One, it can sell it to its customers. Two, it can sell it to other electric utilities nearby, such as Virginia Power, who have more demand than their current supply. This is beneficial to Duke Energy, as they could sell the energy to make a profit for their shareholders. Three, they could use the energy to pump water back over the dam at Cowan's Ford on the Catawba River Basin. This is a highly inefficient use of the energy, but it is preferable to number four, which is simply to ground out the energy and throw it away. Note that nowhere in this discussion is the ability to store the energy in a big battery. In essence, the dam acts as an energy storage mechanism, but neither Duke Energy nor any other electricity generator, electric utility, or transmission network in the world has the capability of storing large amounts of energy in a battery to be used during a high-demand period. As I said, this is the biggest misconception I run into when I talk about energy. Now, back to energy generation. Some sources are more reliable than others. Sources like natural gas can be ramped up or down, or even started and stopped, at nearly a moment's notice. Other sources, like wind and solar, are unreliable and depend on the presence of moving air and bright sunlight to generate sufficient amounts of energy. Moreover, wind and solar are highly unpredictable. Air currents or cloud cover can change rapidly and without notice. When the electrons produced by unreliable wind and solar sources disappear, the transmission network must tell other electricity generators to quickly meet the demand for electrons. And usually this means to fire up reliable natural gas sources that are able to be quickly brought online. This process is called dispatching. Thus, reliable energy, usually natural gas, must be kept at the ready to provide energy should the unreliable energy disappear. This process is called tending. Now that you understand the basics of the U.S. electricity grid, Next time, you and I can discuss how the grid will potentially be affected by the climate change policies that are being proposed. They are likely to have little effect on the climate of the planet, but as many on the left have openly stated, this is not about the Earth's climate. It is about changing our economic structure and long-term policy. And that is likely something they can accomplish if we let them. Thank you for listening to Created to Rain. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and share the episode link with your friends. Until next time, I am David Arley Gates, and may God richly bless you.